Welcome into the Thoughts Podcast. I'm Ian Sork. Love the energy. Bring the energy. We're going on vacation. We're going to Chicago. We watched a great game last night. Got game six coming up. But I'm Ian Sork. I am your co-host for the evening. I guess you should be doing the introduction since James will be hosting the podcast this time. No, we host together. You're right. You're right. We are going to be going over game five. Of the NBA Finals, it was weird game. I think it's going to be one that most people are going to remember for a long time for many different reasons. And I guess we're going to find out. I guess after the series is over, we'll be able to Should look back on Should you close the door to the dryer? Is that yeah. probably a good move? Yeah. Since I'm in charge, might want to stop the dryer. Should we do that? Yeah. Keep this in because I want people to know that you do clean your clothes. <clears throat> so we got finals, everything from Drake's outfit to the timeout, KD, does he regret it, free agency, did last night change anything, I want to talk a little Kawhi, and uh, a little bit of draft as well, still, that's that's not really on people's mind, but also see that Bayern Munich is somehow in Ian's favorite teams on his ESPN app, which I find hard to believe. But let's jump right in. First nugget. Can we talk about Drake's outfits? Actually. We can start there. He's dressing like my little brother in 2004. <laughs> just copying all the Nike Pro from Marshalls. He does. I mean, you, I know he's working out. When you got, when you're I know he's out, working out. When, when you're feeling the biceps are looking nice and the triceps are coming <sighs> in and... The delts, you can tell, and they're popping out. You're feeling yourself. I mean, just go for it. I mean, it also helps when you – he probably doesn't care. He's got a lot of money. He doesn't need to wear nice clothes to the game. I just – That shirt's still at least 80 bucks. It's a Nike Pro. Strange. No, he looks – he – he looks jacked though. So I mean, good for him. He's he better. He's feeling himself. I guess when you have that type of bread, you should be able to find some time to. All right. Get I want to actually basketball stuff. If the series ended right now, avoiding the stupid MVP has to be on the winning squad. Who's your Finals MVP right now, and why? It's still Kawhi. Um, I, I just think he's been the best overall. Player, I guess you could you could give Steph, you could probably make an argument for Steph, but the fact that Toronto's up three one in the series, if they I go just on, said, is the series ended, winning team aside, just the best player in the series. Who, who you got right now? If, if I mean, because we uh, the reason gonna, I I frame it that I'm way go, is I'm still going to go Kawhi. I think everybody, even myself, agrees that LeBron should have won in fifteen, right, hands down. Yeah, Andre Iguodala should not have won it. But for whatever reason, only one time. I mean, usually the best player is on the team that wins. That's usually how it goes. Nine, nine and a half times out of ten. But you're saying Kawhi regardless. I think it's a – for me, it's the, his performances at Oracle that stand out. At least I think game – And we'll have one more shot. Four. Yeah, and I just – it's close. It's very close. And the way you framed it, I definitely had to think about it there a little bit differently um, than where I was going with that. I, I think 
I still think so. I, I, I still I still have to give it to Kawhi. I think. I mean, because the numbers he's putting up, he's, his numbers are good too. I know Steph's, Steph's numbers are better. How much better? They're better. Pull them up. Steph's numbers are better. I'll give you this. I mean, they're they're winning, so I, I think you're you're unable to go beyond the bounds of society for some reason sometimes. So you couldn't be uh, completely objective here, but. I mean, you look at last, last night was inch, very interesting game for him. Aside from those five minutes, I mean, he would have finished with like he wasn't that good twelve or fourteen. Yeah. He was not being aggressive, but I mean, a basketball game. Some guys take the game over. Some guys let it come to them. I mean, he almost single handedly there in the fourth quarter ripped that game away, and which leads us to the next topic of conversation, almost, which is the timeout. Well, he also had um, he also had those he had some weird passes too that he was making. He tried to like he was he a little a sloppy of, last dump night. Dump passes that just weren't working out. So at the same time, Steph was pretty bad in Game Four, which I think was a result of Steve Kerr just burning the midnight oil on Steph Curry in Game Three, where he popped off. Um, I mean, the stats are Kawhi's averaging 26 and a half. Steph's a little over 27, 27 a game. They're both shooting 49. That's regular season. So they don't update the playoffs. No, stats. Steph is well over 30 points per game. Is he, that's, I thought he was 30. He's well over. Yeah, and he 32. scored 30 something last night. So that's well. I mean, he's, he's in the 30s. Kawhi's under, or right around. Regardless, we're picking hairs. But I just, if you factor in the fact that. Not that we're, you know, it's a sob story that Golden State has had to play without KD, but that team was, and this is another topic we'll get to here in a minute, it dawned on me last night how strange this team was constructed in terms of if they did, if any of these guys did drop, I mean, there's no, not that you can replace KD, Steph, or Clay, but there is no ready-made guy to step in and, and eat at least replicate what any one of them can do no very strange so uh, just factoring that in Steph's had to carry way more of the load with I mean especially for a shooter like him he's got almost no spacing on the floor sometimes and he's still putting up crazy numbers um so I'd, I'd give it to Steph right now that leads us to the timeout which baffled everybody even before we hopped on the internet the three of us us two in his arm were like, what are they doing to set the scene? I believe there's about three minutes left. Kawhi had just, you know, there's probably three to six guys in the league who could do what he did there, which was literally just took the, took the game in the palm of his hands and flipped it on its head for about three minutes there when it was looking like Toronto had no shot. And then it looked like Golden State was dead in the water. It looked like Kyle Lowry. At first glance, it looked like Kyle Lowry was the one who was calling the timeout because he was like waving Kawhi over to one side and then goes to the ref. But, you know, clearly it was Nick Nurse who called it and, you know, gave Kyle Lowry the direction to do that. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that? And I don't think either one of us are surprised at what happened after that because they had all the momentum. In the world, I mean, no, and Golden we, State was on the ropes. They were about to win a title. I mean, we we were all sitting there watching it, and you could feel it. The crowd was going nuts. Kawhi, all of a sudden, like like we just said, he flipped the switch and just said, "This is this is what I'm doing here." 
um, get out of my way. And, and he was, I mean, he was putting himself in rare air there. Like Michael Jordan S. All right, I'm asking about the game. timeout. Let's go. I know, but I'm, this is a part of it, though, because the timeout. I just said it all. Yeah, I mean, that's then you covered it. I mean, I was going with that's that's my point. The point is that yeah, they flipped the game on his head. You're about to win the championship. Can you find any way to justify the timeout? His his reason, and I may go BS meter. No, you can't. go BS meter one to ten. He said they were. I believe it was they were they wanted like one extra charge or like a little bit of energy to close out the game or something like that. Do you buy that that was the reason at all? Someone else, you know, said he wanted to draw up like some masterful uh, out of bounds play to get another bucket to go up, like because they were only—I mean, they were only up three. It was—I mean, it was more momentum than anything. There was still three minutes to go, so I, I think it's slightly unfair to say that completely ended the game. But from an outsider standpoint, do you buy the you know? He actually in the moment was like, hey, let's let's call a timeout here and get like a, a final boost or something for these last three minutes. When Golden State only had one left. He probably wanted to put together some sort of play, an actual play instead of having just Kawhi go by himself, even though that was working, right? I mean, it was working, but at some point, they probably were going to need a break at some point within that stretch. But there in that instance, I feel like Kawhi hasn't, hasn't missed yet. You let him... You let them figure it out, whether it's a, a Kawhi jumper, a, a fadeaway. They just they do something there. They try and figure it out on their own. If they don't score there, Golden State gets the ball. They go down, and then they score. And maybe they're down. And maybe at this point they're only up three or they're up four. Then you can call a timeout. But to call a timeout when you have, like we've said, all the momentum in the world, you're three, three and a half, three and twenty, three twenty away from winning a title. If you hit another big shot there, do you agree? I think it so, actually. Did, so I don't think it was as negative for Toronto as it was positive, positive for, for Golden, Golden State, State because yeah. so I think it might have been Stephen A. and Scott Van Pelt last night equating it to like a boxer being on you know on the ropes and out you know essentially out for the count and giving him. A bre- like the, the, a the bell ringing, whatever. Like it was like they only had one timeout left. Steve Kerr, I think, is a lot of coaches are known for you know not using their timeouts, especially when you only have one left. I mean, I understand that because there was three minutes left, but like they were on the ropes. And it's interesting. So many of these insiders are talking about how well Nick Nurse has a pulse on this team, and. I think it for me it just goes back to these guys obviously doing better overall job doing better than than we have and we have the comfort of sitting on our couch and criticizing them for individual decisions but just again for me coaches like trying to do too much yeah and being too cute when if you're feeling the pulse of your team that stadium was on fire Kawhi was on fire I mean, if you're feeling the pulse of your team, you're letting him go one more possession. I mean, you let it ride. Yeah. Even though you got four to- like, You don't just use the timeout at that point because you have four left, right? You, there's got to be a reason. So that was talked about a lot. Um, all, you know, 48 minutes. I don't think you can blame it all on that. Who did use that opportunity to take a breath and re- regroup themselves with the Splash Brothers. What were your feelings on on their performance last night? 
not a they made a lot of threes, but they also took a lot of shots. So it wasn't like a just a complete, you know, open gym session of three pointers last night as far as just splash all over the place. But they were money when it counted most. They not just them, but them obviously they're the leaders. They they have to be, if not the most one of the most mentally tough teams I can remember in recent history, like in my short life. that I Which watched. I was actually saying the opposite before they went. I guess it's like it comes off as like not caring because we brought, you know, we bring up the Steph behind the back in game seven against the Cavs. I thought they, they looked like they were done. They did. After and the time out, Steph though, missed a couple threes in a row. Yeah. I was like, I'm not seeing any fight other than Draymond. His three was actually the one that kind of kick-started things for them. Yeah. Not to cut you off, but, you know, you're talking about how mentally tough they are. It was just funny and ironic that I was like, I can't remember this team fighting. And they fought. No, and they're, those two guys, it was amazing. I, I am not I – have no, I haven't been a big pro warrior guy. Um <laughs> Going back, and that's probably like a little lame on my part. Um, just being a LeBron fan growing up, um, but those dudes—they're gamers. They're—they're they're so good. Steph, Steph's probably the second best point guard of all time. He could probably make the argument for that, or third. Clay, second best shooter ever, and just ice in his veins. He's been. Awesome to me, all series for the most part. On and that note, why have they not been going to Clay more? It's weird. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. That's one of those things where you just gotta ask Steve Kerr. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. Which is a segue into my next conversation. I mean, we're on the same. I mean, I think for them, nobody has a greener light than those two guys. But I think that was a perfect example for anybody out there. Shooters got to keep shooting. Yeah. Because in a 48-minute game, as good as they are at shooting, I mean, you live and die by the three when you're Golden State and you don't have Kevin Durant. You're going to live and die by those two, specifically. Um, Specifically, for sure. I mean, because they're your best three-point shooters, arguably the two best ever. Um, No, I mean, I I just think that was a microcosm of shooters got to keep shooting. Um, and if they, they didn't and they lost confidence, they don't win that game. We talked about it last night midway because I, I was about to criticize Steve Kerr, I thought, until the timeout by Nick Nurse. And even after, uh, you could ma- definitely make the case that Nick Nurse has outcoached Steve Kerr. Now he hasn't had to deal with nearly the the injuries and everything and guys not playing up to their potential that Steve Kerr has. But then I took a step back and I actually, you know, just looking at their roster, if they do lose, I'm not blaming the players. Who deserves more blame in your eyes, Steve Kerr or Bob Myers? I mean, it's... And why? Bob, I mean, I guess if you're going to do that, you can say Bob Myers, but like... If I'm going to... I mean, you're going to take Kevin Durant and, and... pay those you know your four guys essentially no 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 no. a lot of no 
Hundred percent. Because you can't, like, you just can't start. Pay- I mean, there's definitely. I mean, no, I get what you're saying. But you have the flexibility. Okay, so then why are you saying Bob Myers? Because it sounds like you're not blaming either one of them. I mean, someone gets I don't, blamed. But I'll I'll say Bob. I guess I guess I don't like the question that much. To be honest, I just think that like, I guess if you you I guess you're we talked about this last night. They have Bogut, Looney, Cousins. Right, they picked up Bogut off, you know, a couple weeks ago. He was in Australia doing Lord knows what. Cousins, they took a flyer on. Looney, who's actually been pretty good throughout the playoffs. But they don't have any wing guys, right? They don't have another wing behind Thompson and Durant, really, after that. McKinney's just doesn't get the job done. Oh, they also have Bell. That's four guys. I knew there was a fourth. In Durepko, which is so this this was my point is in the modern NBA and you're I mean look Bogut was a late season pickup but that means they had a vet min to pick somebody up right even before Bogut you had Boogie who you got at pennies on the dollar right hurt I mean that's not even like taking a chance you just you got him for nothing but regardless you took him you already knew that right I'm thinking as this season progressed and you know how basketball is played. You had Cousins, Looney, and Jordan Bell, who Jordan Bell essentially is a modern-day five. He, re- I mean, that that's basically what he is. There's been, you know, articles written on, like, the future of basketball. The five probably looks like Jordan Bell. Um, Draymond and Jarebko. I mean, I'm looking, like, you almost have 50% of your roster in power forward and center. And I'm talking about traditional power forwards and centers. Yeah. No, I get it. Right? And so why? To me, it's not a bad question. Like, Steve Kerr doesn't get to make the roster. Right? And kudos to Bob Myers. I mean, we can go back 10 years ago when they they drafted all those guys. Right? But about this season and not preparing for one of your key guys to get hurt and front-loading, you know, front-court. It's not even – it's like hyper-loading. To me, it's just like amazing that Quinn Cook, because even Sean Livingston is not like a guard guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no. just like there is nothing behind Stephen Clay to offer some spacing. Now, if Quinn was hitting, that's one thing, but that's one guy. You can't count on, you know, you see on the other side, you got Fred Van Vliet, who is doing what they probably hoped Quinn Cook would do. So they hope, yeah. But that's you got to have two of those guys, yeah. right? Even with the you know the amount of money that they have tied up in their top four guys, I have nothing wrong with that. You, everybody does that if you have a shot to have those four guys, right? Yeah, no, I just but you, yeah, that, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'm just getting on Myers because I was originally on Kerr, not to give him a hall pass, but I'm looking at this roster and it just really doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know who they were preparing for. Portland? I I, I don't know. Yeah. The, Denver? The, the five bigs. You probably don't need all those guys. I mean, that's Jarebko, Cousins, Looney, Bogut, and Bell. Because And, and again, I'm going to cut him slack because can you see – can you foresee the Christ like the – and, I mean, it's funny because the Iggy hit probably the biggest – or one of the biggest shots of this series – um, which was a three-pointer, him and Draymond have had a crisis of identity at times on offense. And I don't know. If- they just – it looks so weird. They don't – it's like they don't – it's like 
they want to play faster than they can, especially Draymond. And he's just going 1,000 miles an hour. No, he is. I'm speaking specifically in the half court. Yeah. No. When it's like the ball's swinging. Yeah. Neither one of them are looking for their open shot. No, they're not. No, you're right. And it's making it harder for Steph and Clay. So that's why, you know, you don't just pile it on everybody. It just, I started looking into it because I was blaming Steve Kerr last night. And then I look at this roster and it, it just really doesn't make any sense to me. No, I mean, I, I guess you're right. Bob Myers. Because even the guys who wonder. are in suits, Damian Jones, seven foot center. Marcus Derrickson, 6'7", forward. So those, you know, two guys who potentially could be, you know, popped on. Jarebko's not playing at all this series, really. So, like, on top of this logjam of centers you see them playing, the guys who could be put in are guys to replace them. It's not even guys to play in the backcourt. McKinney we haven't seen in a couple games. He offers something different, but not shooting. So it's just, like, it's interesting that you – and look, it, I mean, it's not easy, but I, I'm 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 seeing three shooters. That's it. And Quinn Cook isn't even hitting right now. No, I mean Durant's not playing, so I'm I'm excluding him. But sure, I just, yeah. It, it just was something that I hadn't thought of until last night, and I thought it would be uh, you know an interesting topic because it's it was just perplexing to me. Um, so we talked about MVP. Um, I want to talk about best supporting actor. So definitely not anybody on a max deal. Um, and it can be from either team. So, you know, you're thinking of, you know, the usual suspects could have, uh, you know, Danny Green, Fred Van Vliet, Marcus Saul, Pascal Siakam over on the Raptors side of things. Warriors. I don't even know if you have one. I mean, Kevin Looney has been showing a lot of grit. He hasn't been great, but he has been giving them something boogie. Probably has like 30 good minutes in five games. But he was, to his credit, when KD went down, he did give them a little spark last night. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, Iggy had the big three. Draymond, oh, Draymond's on the max deal. but So probably from the Raptors side of thing, but who is your best supporting actor so far in this series? I feel like this could go to a couple different guys, and I'll probably go with someone on the Raptors. Um, I'll go... I feel like Van Vliet would be the easy name. And I, I think he's just done a great job for the most part on no, Curry. Hands down. Um, and he's just, at times, you've said it, he's as good as Lowry. Um, yeah. Most of the time he makes, he makes good decisions. He is an excellent shooter. Like, he is a very, very good shooter. He can hit shots. And, and, and he can do that well. He was hitting him from deep. Yeah, no, he can stroke it. Um, he's, I don't know what his contract is. Looks like, but I mean, if he's going to be a free agent, he he could have a have some opportunity to make some bread this this. Uh, I didn't this mention Serge Ibaka, who has been Ibaka streaky. gets in, but he's um, but he's effective. I feel like he's effective, and he's always doing something. He's always causing some sort of problem, whether it's blocking shots, offensive rebounds, um, be just being a dis- disruption. Um, Marcus Saul, I think he's been really good. I think he's done because he's a threat from three. Um, he makes good decisions. They'll, they'll throw him at the elbow and then kind of let him because he's a good passer. And they'll set a they'll set a screen on the wing and just kind of let guys kind of figure it out and let Mark Gasol try and make plays. 
from the from the elbow. And I, I think he's been good. So I think there's a couple of different guys you could go with on the Raptors. I think it's Van Vliet hands down um, for all the reasons you mentioned. You actually thought he did a bad job last night. There were a couple fouls on threes, which for me, thinking about it, in today's NBA, I mean, that's basically like a dumb foul and a layup for a guy. Now, I mean, you know, like just, yeah, it's so hard. And he's the hardest to not foul that's fair. on a three. That's fair. Game four, which was Curry's worst game. Van Vliet covered him on 31 possessions. He had six points and shot 25%. Shot 50% on Danny Green and 75 on Kawhi Leonard. Again, that's one game, but and some of that could have been fatigue, exhaustion. You know, there's sure. bigger factors at play, but that's yeah, pretty impressive. And yeah, just you know, eye test. I felt like Lowry definitely stepped up last night. He, I don't think anybody was actually giving him flack for the last three because Draymond got a finger on it. But last night was his best game for sure, in my opinion. And Van Vliet still looked just as good to me and has looked just as good. And, and they've done pretty well with both of them on the court. Yeah. You know, I don't have like the, you know, the plus minus. That's one thing about the me, Raptors. And I wonder if Nick Nurse, if they're doing that because of what we just talked about with how big Golden State's roster is. Could be. Because if he does that, Steve Kerr has to throw Quinn Cook out there and Quinn Cook is offering nothing on offense right now. And we're big Duke guys, so like, no, we like. We're not trying like to Quinn. shag on Quinn. I like Quinn. Yeah. He was pretty big. He's been good for them, but he's yeah. not been good this series. No. So the more, I mean, I would do that even more, to be honest with you. No, I, I yeah, I agree. Um, this, this one thing about. Like, I don't know if we're going to get to projecting what's going to happen in game six and seven. But the Warriors are going to have to bank on Clay and Steph to be awesome. And so that, that comes to my next point. I'll let, I mean, so I'll just throw a quick question and let you keep going with what you're probably doing. I mean, hands down, you have to rely on them. And you can assume a certain number of points for them. What... I mean, the next two guys with KD out that come to mind for me are Dre and Iggy. What is up with them and what do you th- – I mean, one, what do you expect from them in game six? And is that what Go- – I mean, what is Golden State going to need from those two guys? Because well, they're was, not getting shooting from them. I was telling you this last night, and I, I think I saw this got broke down on Twitter and someone like showed the clip, the video clip of it. It's like we haven't been able to see the – Steph Draymond pick and roll because they don't have typically when they run that you you'll have you know a KD on one side a Clay on the other wing and that pick and roll is so tough especially they have Draymond at the five they usually have a center on Draymond so he's either gonna have Steph's gonna have the opportunity to either shoot the ball or Draymond's going to have the opportunity to go to the basket, find someone out for a kickout or for an easy lob. And without the shooting there, they don't have to respect the shooter as much. Draymond is not nearly as good offensively, so we don't you don't have to worry about him in any sort of floating a float or anything like that. And the lob they can cover. Um, so I feel like Draymond, from an offensive perspective, 
is kind of diminished. And I think for him, it's just about making good decisions and not turning the ball over and just slowing down. Keep on doing what you're doing on defense. Um, Should Draymond handle the ball? Instead of having Steph bring it up? Listen to you talk. Dre and Iggy can distribute. And if they're going to sag off, why not? I'm not saying all the time, but why not allow Clay and Steph to play off the ball? I mean, we know how good Steph is shooting off the dribble, right? So that's why I'm saying this isn't your number one strategy. But why not? Because what I'm thinking of is, and this will lead to another question I have for you. He can distribute. Yeah. If his guy, and I don't love the sag off the ball handler strategy, because I think that give you know got people did it to Rondo when the Celtics had their run back in the day. People do it to Ben Simmons. They did it to LeBron. If a guy can pass and and, and just me not even sniffing these guys butts You're from good. a basketball player perspective, James but, is a good passer. Uh, like it may it, it makes it nothing's good. in your face. It you don't have good. anything to think about other than where you're going to throw the yeah, guys. Just, yeah. move. You can see everything. It's yeah. like a quarterback standing in the pocket and, and just having the most incredible offensive line. Like there's, you don't have to worry about anything else. Nothing's in your, no one's in your face. You don't have to worry about losing your dribble. So if, if that's how they're going to play Draymond and Iggy, why not have them be the ball handler? Because if, you know, I'm taking a long route to get here. If their guy's sagging off rather than it, rather than it being an off the ball sag, where they can help on other things. If they have the ball up top and they're sagging off, they're not helping on passes to the wing. We'll answer this question after a quick break. Theoretically, you have Draymond or Iggy up top with the ball. Steph and Clay free to run around. Let's say, you know, at times Quinn Cook is also in there. Is that not a better strategy than having Steph Dre and Iggy off the ball and their guys sagging? At least worth a shot. No, it's, it definitely is. I no, because I'm trying to think of like how that would look defensively for Toronto. Because right just, now you have them on the wing or the corner, and their guys sagging almost into the paint. Whereas if they do that up top, and Draymond has the ball. They're not help, uh, you know. Steph and Clay are not running into the middle of the court for a three. They're on the outskirts. Yeah, and they're able to, you know, that could be that can make things tougher. Absolutely. And then if they do draw, if they if they do drive from the wing, there Draymond or Iggy's guy goes to help instead of sitting out on the three point line and not shooting an open three. Simple handoff. Yeah. Which they've they've been kind of sloppy on those, but. This leads me to how much can you play Iggy and Draymond together? I think you can. And he keeps doing it. And it's not like he has much of a choice because those guys defensively are good for the most part. So, I mean, you kind of need them out there because got to have someone that could either take turns with Kawhi and Siakam and give those guys different looks. So, I mean, I feel like you don't really have a choice just because defensively they're able to bring some juice. What do we think about a pick and roll with Sean Livingston and Steph? 
feel like they did that a lot, like in the 15, 16, like early Where Warriors. Sean is not picking popping for a three, but he's picking and popping for that elbow, elbow which jumper. you have to. It's easier to get out to, but you have to respect that. And that's a six, seven dude letting that go from almost, you know, nine and a half feet up in the air. You got to think that the Warriors are going to have to get creative because if they start, if they just strut out and do what they did, even that last game after KD got hurt in the previous four, they are not outplaying you're, Toronto. You're not going to beat, you're not going to beat Toronto. They're not outplaying Toronto. They're not. No. They, they, Toronto should be up five. Oh, they should be. Yeah, they, they should have won five straight games. Hundred percent. If that, it's not for fuck, excuse me. If it's not for these dudes just being, I mean, they hit twenty three, the best shooters of all time. Yeah, I mean, and then that third quarter in game two was, and you look at Portland, they led for what less than ten percent of the series or something crazy like that. Yeah, it was very close, and swept them. It was close. Here's the thing, though. If you're Toronto, and that's my thing. I said that already. It's like they just have so many guys that can – it's like if, if Van Fleet doesn't play as well, Danny Green, like he's one of these weird dudes who could at Golden State have a huge game. I mean, he set the record. I think at one point he had the record in 2014 for the most threes made. Like he's a guy that can get hot who wasn't very good. Siakam wasn't very good. He's young, but he, he could have – like they just have so many different guys that could – bring them value and play well. The Warriors just need it's I feel like everything's going to have to go right for them. My beef with Kerr is the lack of creativity which you just mentioned and they're just so sloppy at times. They are. But they've always been able to they've been able to do that and get away but with you that. You don't because, have the firepower right now. But you can't turn that off. I feel like that but like that that that's the thing. There's there's two sides of that because the sloppiness is one. It's, it's the bad part, but the good part is when they're clicking and the ball's moving and guys are flying around and Kevin Durant threes in his twelve minutes. His true shooting percentage was ninety three and a half. We're doing are we doing KD now? Doing this or no? That's sick. No, he was nuts. I mean that was. That's why I was – I mean, obviously – We are switching to KD. We didn't know that KD was going to get hurt, but they opened up with a barrage. It was KD and Steph and Clay, and the war – maybe that's why KD even stayed in the game longer is because they hit, what, five or six threes in the first quarter, and they look up and they're only up six, right? And they're going, oh, crap, okay. In Toronto, I think Marcus Gasol was the only one to hit a three in the first quarter – both team, it was Toronto was one for one. They flashed it, and Golden State was either four for four or five for five. There was six, five or six straight threes to start the game. Made it wasn't the only shots, but a guy who's played a lot more, Clay Thompson, for the series, his effective field goal percentage is sixty five point eight. Sorry, which is silly. Who's that? Clay Thompson. Yeah, he's been he's been insane this whole series. So switch gears to KD. Um, Very interesting night. Very interesting night because definitely a guy who, as Bill Simmons says, already top 15 player of all time. Most people with LeBron's year, he got hurt and he's getting older, but most people think that the torch has been passed. I think what's held that up is the fact that he joined Golden State, um, which is fair or not fair, but – 
very interesting night for his legacy. Um, and no idea trying to get inside this dude's head. We'll try anyway. If this changes anything for where he's going to go, what he's going to do before all that real, I like to get like little things out of the way. First, the Toronto fans, very un-Canadian like it was unsettling. It was just like, didn't feel good. It did not feel good at all. No, it was like, was that, and I remember like, sitting there watching, like, did that really just happen? It's like, I've never seen, I've never, ha- I've never seen in my life, I don't think I've ever seen players, maybe it's because it's basketball and you can just see all the guys. I mean, there's only 10 of them, unlike football. But like, waving down the crowd to stop. It's, it, was, it was so weird. And then, and then right after that, they start to clap when he got up and walk away. But at that point, I felt like the damage had been done. That was that was ugly, man. And I I think for a second they just in some weird twisted way saw that they could win. And that's where it went to, I guess, in some weird tribal <laughs> like I don't mean to get like that on you, but like I don't, if that's that's probably what it is because it's just weird, man. It was it was unsettling. It's definitely did not feel good watching that. Um and for me, I I thought it was a I thought he was – I thought the Achilles – I mean, you guys obviously know we, – we didn't know, right? It could have been anything. But he started holding his Achilles right from the get, and he tried to, you know, explode out of that move, and it just went south. For me, I I, I didn't think that was going to end up working out too well, unfortunately, when he was down on the floor. Um, no, it was tough. I was tough. I don't know. You have a follow up question because I can go nah, on the Katie yeah. rant because no, we're going Katie. I just wanted. To, I just it was it was strange. I want to ask you. It's like as a and maybe you just give your thoughts on it. It's not really even a question, but like this dude who's been the villain of the NBA really for the last couple of years in a way that I don't think he obviously anticipated. I didn't think he. I mean, I I don't think he anticipated the backlash of joining this this team. Um. And he goes from villain to possibly, I mean, he's getting a hero he's regardless. basically a martyr. He's not a hero. He's a martyr. I'm saying, like, he, we're going to view him as, like, even me who's well, that's for me. tough it's on. The first thing on KD, what does this do for his legacy? It for could, the people who, in a sick, twisted way, will respect him more for trying. I mean, that's not completely sick and twisted. But if he never tried to come back, and they lose. So, I mean, it's almost, it's sad if you strip away the fact that he has enough money for the next 20 generations of Durant's, right? Let's just take money aside. I mean, he gets one life to our knowledge, right, on this earth. And definitely a guy who likes the ball. No doubt about it. I mean, he's a baller. Um he was in this impossible situation where if he doesn't come back and they lose, he gets blamed. If he does come back and they lose, probably gets a little bit of blame, but not nearly as much. And in a long term, you know, they're not going to blame him. Right. And then this, which is almost best case for like, in a weird way, people's perception of him is, coming back when he shouldn't have 
if it wasn't the playoffs, I mean, you made the point he shouldn't have or, like, definitely wasn't ready. I, was, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was just like, if it was the regular season, I agree with you. He's not back. I mean, I think that nobody argues with that. The fact that it was the playoffs is why he came back and they were down 3-1. But this was almost best case for, like, his memory. But will it tarnish or hinder his long-term stats and chances at championships? I just, it's like he was an impossible situation. No. And it, and I didn't want him to come back and like, look, I'm not professional athlete, but James knows I've um, been on the, I've been on the IR for a long time for a number of, number of injuries Particularly, I have Achilles issues, and it's a, it's such an odd thing because you can get to a place where you actually feel good, where I got to, and then you can just go too hard one time, and it just goes right back to where it was. And in this case, it was the worst-case scenario, which completely sucks because even – I mean, it, it sucks too because he got cleared by everybody, and he said he wanted to play – the team got, I mean, the team signed off, the doctor signed off, and it still didn't make a difference. I just, I just know because I have a Achilles slash calf problem and they take time to heal. And I mean, for me, when I saw him injure it the first time, again, I'm not a doctor, but the way he hurt it, it just, it, it, all, it all comes together. And that was not a, that was not a good one. And that's one that you need to take your time to get back to. So for me, when I saw him go down, I was hoping it wasn't the worst case, and it unfortunately ended up being that. So hindsight, Xbox reset. If you're KD, would you go back and not play? Just you, not pretending to be KD. Like but if you're opt KD, in, like opt in, and then and then just not no. Play. If you could go back forty eight hours or whenever the like, no, I would, would not you, play. Yeah, no, I would. I mean. It's, it's it's noble, and it's unfortunate that – I mean, because I've been a bit of a, a KD hater, but he came back to play, and that was – got to give him respect. And then he comes in, and he makes an immediate impact. Just picked up where he left off, hit multiple threes. He was swagging. He was swagging. He but was you could feeling him. But he also didn't have – he wasn't moving a lot. He was playing defense – but it, he, there was not a lot of quick burst. He wasn't going quick. It was a lot of just stepping just, into shots. I'm not, I mean, I think they were putting because, and again, this is where I feel like Toronto should play smaller. Toronto was playing big, so he was able to guard a big. He was on Siakam. Yeah. So like, yes and no to. In my opinion, I'm slightly disagreeing with you because I thought he was playing some good defense. He just wasn't having to guard, you know, Kawhi Leonard. For example, or a guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that Toronto even has like explosive guys anyway, but that kind of played into maybe just messing. I mean, again, one of us could be wrong. It, I just, it's just, I didn't, I didn't see anything that was like, I mean, he was, he went through his full pregame warm up. You know, we obviously have the hindsight that we know he got hurt. I like, it sucks. It sucks a lot because if it let's say if it's a if it's a coin flip, fifty percent you get hurt, fifty percent you don't, and you go back. If you're him, do you do it? Just thinking about your legacy, like because to me, if he doesn't come back and they lose, 
it's actually worse for him. Which if he doesn't care, he doesn't care. And I, I don't That's think he part. should care. And maybe I'm answering. But like I'm people answering, I'm historically. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just think, Does he not get even more part A part of this, I can, I'm trying to answer this question because like, again, I have Achilles problems and I would not play. Like I would just say, screw that. Like I'm not going out and risking what can happen. Do you think. So it's. It, it's do you think it was completely doctors? We got a weird report the day before the game that players were questioning yeah that sucked and like do you think there's any truth to that or is that probably like sam amick wrote a piece tim i can't pronounce his last name kwamakami or kwamakami yeah i think kwamakami is his name i may have missed i may have butchered that he's a he, he's a beat writer for the uh, the, uh, the warriors um in san fran they both wrote pieces and we're alluding to you know does he want to play there seems to be some angst amongst team even just you know ownership management um which sucks and that's that's just that just sucks it sucks a lot it sucks big time because it sucks that, that had to happen and that he had to pay the ultimate price really not a good injury for pride pride no. and to show others that like and and he did and now like guys like me who he's a martyr he's a martyr yeah Guys like me who this could be gave him. Crap. I mean, you basically. Do you think there's anything to them trying to win for him now? Is this, does that give Golden State an extra boost or not? I mean, is there anything to that? It doesn't have to be a long answer, but no. I, I, I maybe the first quarter there's going to be some sort of barrage and, and the adrenaline. It's probably in, more last game in Oracle. For yeah, sure. I think so. I mean, don't get they're me wrong. Not, I think they'll have that, it. but the last game in Oracle and the fact that they squeak that one out, but I ultimately we know that winning games, whether you're jacked up or not, it comes down to execution. So, uh, last KD bit, does this change anything for his summer plans? We get an ESPN report that three teams would still give him the max, max long-term deal. Assuming worst case scenario, which is uh, torn Achilles. Yeah, we've no, been hearing I mean, all year that it's Knicks. Does this yeah. change anything? If we're let's just assume it's the LeBron scenario where we heard Lakers all year. It was Lakers. We've been hearing Knicks all year. Does this change anything for KD this summer? Assuming those three teams, whoever they are, assume assume Knicks are one of them. Offers him the exact same I think thing you that Golden still, State does. I think they're still going to offer it. I think you still should. Um, does this change anything is, for KD? I'm not. We'll get into free agency. I'm not talking about the for Knicks. Him, does, assume the Golden State Warriors and the three teams, which we can assume are the Knicks, the Nets, and <laughs> the Clippers. The Clippers probably. Um, if what you know. It's plain and simple. We've been hearing Knicks all year. Is it still Knicks? Probably. Yeah, I don't see why it would change. He's still going to get max money. Um, so, yeah, I still think Knicks, which is what we've been hearing all, all year, it's probably what's going to happen. Um, could he opt in? Will he consider it? Get that 31 mil guaranteed? Sure. I'm sure you have to consider everything at this point, but if you're going to get – the max offer from any team, you know, the team's still going to throw the max at you and you can still rehab and take your time to get back. Cause I still think, I mean, it's a tough injury to come, come back from, but 
I still think if he comes back, I think he can come back pretty close to what he was if he if he you know takes care of his rehab and does it correctly, especially just with all the technology they have access to and the resources. Um, so no, yeah, I don't think it changes anything for him. I think it just depends on you know where he wants to play. Maybe he'll have a one of those moments where it's like you know I want to be with my brothers in quotations, but I think at the end of the day he's had his mind made up for a while and or seems that way um okay so yeah i just want to see if because we did get last week or two weeks ago that i think from buker who has been the one i guess talking the most about this that potentially he would come back to golden state because he'd be concerned about carrying a squad coming off of an injury and now we have a full-on injury uh so i just want to see if you know you thought anything would play into that Kawhi. We already touched on that heat check three minutes there in the fourth quarter. That last possession, though, do you think he and Nick Nurse should have predicted that they were going to double him on a drive and done something about that to either have him be off the ball and then get the ball or, you know, have you thought about it at all? I just, you know, because you probably want Kawhi to shoot it. I I mean, he made the right pass. But should they have had a little bit of foresight into assuming that if he drove, he was probably going to get doubled? You probably should have called it. They had a timeout left. They definitely had a timeout left. They should have called a timeout. (laughs) I mean, like, I get it. Let them play. But this is – you can end the series right here. You could drop a play. Obviously, Kawhi is going to be the guy. You can get Fred Van Vliet open. I'd let that guy take a shot to win the game. I'd feel comfortable. I mean, you could do a couple of different things. They only needed a two. Yeah. Which, I mean, for some guys, a three is a higher percentage and than, say, so a mid-range. Weird. I, was but. Think, I was thinking about this going back, and if you watch the film, Lowry is sitting in the corner, and he probably should have come closer to Van Vliet and made Draymond have to choose because he was stuck in the corner, kind of, and you have Gasol on the block. So Draymond, he did a great job of it, but it was easier for him to play both, and he's just naturally a good defender. If you come in farther – you just lengthen the space, you know, he, you know, make it a wider cover, wider area that he has to cover. You could dip it down into the soil. I mean, there is, there is things that could have been done there. Um, I think if you're nurse again, you have to call a timeout. So. Interesting. Yeah. Over or under 30 for Kawhi in game six. Over. He's Easy. Gonna, I think he's going to end it. Really? Yeah. I was, I was super, super um, in the moment. Warriors and seven. <laughs> Because I was just like I was I don't know if it was do you think you think I was reverse jinxing it? I was just in the Kool-Aid. No, you're reverse jinxing. Mm, no, yeah, not really. You were. Hands uh, down reverse jinxy. So no, I, I think I think Kawhi's robot man and <laughs> this dude the rest of the team may have a little bit of jitters. That guy, I, I just He's been ice. He's he's ice, and he's, I mean they have they have the more complete team right now. Yeah, and I think that dude and and he's played well away away. It feels like he's been better almost in a weird way. Um, right. Yeah, I think that was one of the easiest answers. Um, so that's that's what we got on the finals. As far as well, I guess you know. So you're you're saying Toronto and six. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Um, 
I mean, I think it's a coin flip. I really do. Um, Because it's a long game. I don't – I think Toronto has been good about weathering the storm. So even if even if Golden State comes out hot, I don't know if that'll matter. Um, I mean, they'll need to come out really hot. And I, I will agree with you if Draymond and Iggy, if Draymond, Iggy, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston continue playing the way they have, and Kerr doesn't get more creative, I I I mean, I think they win. Maybe it's in seven. Maybe it's in six. They definitely need to change some things up. Um, because playing stuff could play a little better. <laughs> as as crazy as that sounds, like there is like they could pop off, really pop off. Yeah. Like shooting wise, last game, Clay was crazy from three, but, but it, now, neither one of them shot fifty percent. But now with Durant not being there, they you haven't know, had you it. know the nurse that nurse is gonna. I mean, they you, nurse is gonna put together a game plan that they're gonna put together a game plan to basically try and shut those guys out. So that's why I'm thinking, I mean, maybe they do what I said. Not that I have the pedigree um, or anything like that, but I I, I think you have to try something different. And if Kerr doesn't try something different, it's going to have to be stay, you know, Steph and Clay combining for 70 both game. I just don't see the like Toronto has been better every single game. So if that continues, the numbers favor that they win at least one of the next two. So. They didn't. They, Toronto didn't hit the three very well last game. You had the Warriors make twenty of those bad boys, and that's not to say they can't do it again. It's just I mean they they, ha- they were twenty for forty two as a team. They're gonna have to play eight eight great quarters of basketball in order to beat beat the Raptors because the Raptors are complete. They have multiple guys that can step up. Kawhi's a robot, and I, that I was, be, that being said, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Draymond was two for four, KD was three for three, but they they went twenty for forty two, and Steph shot five for fourteen. So that's that's just why I say, as crazy as it sounds, Steph and Clay could actually continue this or actually be even a little bit better. I, I think it's that's not. Gonna be- I, I'm not banking on. It. I'm just saying it could happen. I'm, I wouldn't bank on that if I'm Golden State. I think you have to get it from someone else, and if that's going to happen, it's probably because Steve Kerr and the, you know the, the coaching staff did something creative to make it happen. I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to just do it by sheer will, yeah, like they have up to this point. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I just there is actually room they, for improvement, as crazy there, as it sounds. There is just based off of their numbers, but like they're. Toronto's going to sell out on those guys. So I feel like one of those guys could pop off. I don't see a scenario where they're both just in fuego because they're going to make, they're going to make other guys beat them and they're going to try to at least. And we'll see what Golden State does. But there's two guys who I hear you. If if there are two guys who can, you know, (laughs) beyond all that purely because of, you know, the thing with the three-pointer is stretching the floor and these guys are selling out to your point to make sure that they don't get those. It could backfire. If, But I think what's the most important thing is that, to your point, I agree 100%, Nick Nurse is going to adjust. Kerr has to adjust as well. And if if they don't, I, I'm with you. I, whether it's in six or seven, I think Toronto, you know, you flip a coin, they're winning one of the two. 
Yeah. Unless things change. Um, free agency. We talked about KD already. We got today that three teams, the Knicks, Lakers, and Mavs, are interested in Kemba if he doesn't resign for the uh, what almost equates to the national debt it's like contract. Forty million. <laughs> so nuts. Uh, out of those three teams, which is the most head scratching? What was Knicks, it? Was Lakers, it? Mavs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if any of those aren't head scratching. And the most head That's why I asked it. Ah. I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question because if you're any of those teams <laughs> and you do that, there's just – I pray my Knicks don't do that. The Lakers – I could see the Lakers doing it just because the way they've been run the last 18 <laughs> months. Sorry, go back six years. But, like, really this new regime of the Rambi, Genie Bus, and – Tim Harris and all these cats who don't know what they're doing. Maybe they <laughs> strike out on everybody, and that's what LeBron's working with is, is a 30-year-old Kemba Walker. If you're Kemba, what do you do? You go to where the money is. So <laughs> if Michael Jordan goes, I'll pay you, you're staying. I don't know how you can do that, though. That's so much money for a guy who's a 13 guy. He's good. He's very good. But there's just so many good guards in the league. Um, I just feel like going all out on a guy like that isn't worth it. I mean, there's there's good there's good guys. The Mavs could, could be fun. I'm and just saying, why, like when it matters, I, if I'm betting, I think that's actually. I mean, if I don't think Charlotte offers the full, 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 what can. they can. I don't you, think they do that. Like maybe twenty eight. And if I'm him, I don't even expect that. If they offer somewhere in between, I'd be surprised if he doesn't take it. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't offer it, if I'm them. Um, because I don't think you're going anywhere by giving that guy that much money. I mean, you're not attracting anybody else, and you're not going to have a good draft pick because he's good enough where you're not going to suck, suck it in the East. Yeah. You know, the East is getting better, but, like, I feel like Charlotte hasn't had a true lot, especially with how it's going. Or maybe they have, would have a shot now, but we're – I think the Mavs could be a, definitely more likely than the Knicks and Lakers because they do have two guys. I mean, they're going to be paying for Zingas, probably not as much as they'd have to otherwise, but you have two more years of Luka Doncic on a rookie deal. That could help weather that. You know what I'm saying? No, and absolutely. A team that is usually really good with the cap and has an owner who's willing to spend money. So I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up with the Mavs. It's not a bad I, I don't idea. see him in – I don't, I don't no see the Knicks in the Lakers. Just no way I'm giving – I mean, like, look, I'm not giving that dude 240 mil. I'm just not doing it. There's, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how Charlotte can do that. Maybe they will. But. So that's Kemba, not anywhere near the crown jewel of this class. Did you want me to stop and then yeah, finish? Yeah, pause it. All right, we're going to finish up the draft talk or the free agency talk here um, after this break. So we talked Kemba, we talked KD. Uh, Ian thinks he's going to do what he said all year and fly off to the Big Apple. Kyrie Irving has been somehow stealing the news 
all playoffs. First, we hear Knicks, then we hear Lakers, now we hear Nets. I don't know if there are there any other teams. What's it? I don't know. Like that. Dude's... I mean, so to move on to those three, is it pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be in Boston? Yeah, let me read this. Hold up. <laughs> While you're looking that up, as a somewhat new Nick fan, do you even want Kyrie Irving? Because I'll I'll answer you. I don't. I'll read this to you, and then you can tell. I'll, you can just. I'll, I'll give you my answer. Hermetic Friends, Inc., my light brothers and sisters, the age of no more secrets is upon us. World peace will be achieved in our lifetime, and we better effing believe it. Let them have the fabricated bull. That genuine love and energy spreads all over the world. I see all. I am. That's the dude that you're trying to figure out where he's going. So, like... (laughs) And look, I get the sentiment. He's trying to mean well, but like I'm looking at these like what is this? He's too woke for us, bro. I don't I'm into I'm my intuitive truth. And look, he's a smart like he he's not a dumb guy. He's very thoughtful, he's well spoken, he's intelligent. A little bit off off the reserve for me. Um <laughs> I I'd say net I'd say the Nets, but again, until you find out I feel like, look, if KD, like if KD's not going there, and maybe it's just not working with, maybe they just can't agree to something with the Nets, and Braun gives him a call on a certain day at a certain time, and he's feeling a certain way, and the lights shine on his face, and he just read some, I don't know, like this dude could, just nothing would shock me, nothing. Right? I agree with you. Uh, for, you know, whether it's from the NBA, him. Where should he end up? Team-wise, I mean, fit-wise. I, I still uh, – fit-wise is weird. If you think about Kyrie and fit, like we thought the fit would be great with him in Boston. Like young talent, some some uh, some older guys who have been there and done that, and it didn't work. And you're going to go kind of to a similar situation in Brooklyn where you have young talent and you're going to be the, the savvy 27-year-old vet. <laughs> Not even a crowd. It's just like, I don't know, is that going to work? You know? I just, I don't know. To me, you almost want to say LeBron. Like, is that is that the best? Like, And I, I say I that, actually agree. I say that works is because, like, LeBron, LeBron, what, what? Because it has. Because it has. That's the only thing we've seen. But then to actually talk, like, think about it. It's like LeBron is going to have the ball a lot. He creates a lot. He's scoring a lot. He's taking a lot of the blame. Um, And Kyrie can just, like, do him. He doesn't have to worry about getting – I mean, he's good at getting people involved. He can do that. But I feel like he's at his best when he's just looking to go get his. He's not a point guard. He's not a point guard. That's why I think – I agree. I mean – one, it's easy because we've seen it work. But two, I think he is the perfect complement in the NBA. I, I, I don't I don't see the Kawhi. I don't see the Anthony Davis. Obviously, they're crazy skill. And so you can make that work. But I think he is the perfect complement to LeBron. Now, this is a 34-year-old LeBron, so I'm not saying they're going to win a title. But it's the same reason D. Wade worked, right, is they can take over – 
not even necessarily that they need to take over for LeBron. It's LeBron. His natural state is not defer. Like I'm not sure. He's willing to pass. He's willing to let another guy be a shoot first dude. Yeah, no, he is. And Kyrie Irving is more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Now, and we're you know we're in this positionless NBA almost, but the, you know to equate it to what we grew up with, he really is more of a, an undersized too. Yeah. He's an Allen Iverson, um, so Kobe Bryant mold. Yeah, on offense, I agree. Right? He, and he did have I want to say career highs in almost every statistical no his figure this were season, stupid. but it. With that squad, that coach, that system, that organization. And look, it could have just been, you know, you can throw in all the right ingredients and somehow it doesn't come out right. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's strange like, that that did not work. Selfishly, I'd want, I want to see him go somewhere big because, like, yeah, he's a weird cat, but like, he does some stupid, he can just do some nasty stuff with the basketball. And I think he, that no one else he can do. He is a, I'll give him this, he, likes the big stage and Boston as an organization is tied with LA. I don't know if basketball Boston is the big stage. As dumb as that might it sound. It doesn't get to bigger people. than the Lakers. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like it, it's stupid, but I don't think the Celtics are bigger than the Knicks. I don't think the Celtics are bigger than even the Bulls if the Bulls are good. You know, it's like it's weird. It's like as an or I mean, there no one's been better in the history of the NBA. Well, it's also other than the Lakers, but it's has, like the city also has a lot. It's not a huge city. They well, have saying, other things. The city has, I would argue that the teams. Celtics are the least favorite. They're the least Boston team of all the Boston teams. I'm saying, but they have multiple teams there that are good. That's what I was getting at. So it's not. Like but to right, my point, that. like it's it's strange. I mean, uh, I mean, there is a lot of gray in this world. Maybe Kyrie will be my friend for saying that, but. I was very. It's just it's it's like to me it's almost like not big enough stage for this cat. To your point, it, like he's not my boy, but he is one of these guys who seems to play better when the brightest lights are on. No, hundred percent. He's not afraid of the moment. Whether at all. it's the stupid All Star game or the NBA Finals. No, I agree. Um, and he can just and he just he's nasty. So yeah, if we're to believe the latest, it's Nets or Lakers, and I think. Lakers makes we even done a Lakers dumpster fire podcast. Yeah, we don't have to do that. Not yet. Uh, Yeah, when is the summer? Jimmy Butler, haven't heard about him in a while. I give you my prediction. I bet I was a betting man. L.A. That's what's going to happen. Which L.A. The Lakers, because the next guys might it might hinge on what Kawhi does. So you think Jimmy Butler plays with Braun? I think they have a very good shot. I think they'd offer them the max, according to like Brian Windhorst and a lot of other people that are connected. Now, is there anybody they're not offering the max to? The Lakers, Kemba. I mean, they offer. No, they're in on him. There's no way you can seriously offer that dude the max. What do you mean they're in? Maznick's Lakes. Was this a Bleacher Report alert? Or not? They are in. I don't know, bro. I don't know if I can. Let's assume they're in. Anyway, back to Jimmy. They're in LeBron request for the trade. Um, I mean, that's the thing with this Durant, like Durant injury and how much of the landscape can now change because if he elects to stay, you know, it's it's going to 
make everyone else think about, oh, what should I do here? I mean, I think I think Kyrie allegedly was trying to get KD to come to Brooklyn, and now he's probably not going to do that. What if Kyrie ends up staying in Boston? I don't know how you stay after everything you just did, but again, it's Kyrie, so I feel like you can count nothing out with that dude. Um, what if what if Boston? What if Philly offers Jimmy the max? Maybe he likes it there. They got a talent. Let's assume everybody offers him the max. Everybody that matters. Where's Jimmy Butler going to play next year? We haven't heard any. Uh, let's assume it's the Clippers, Lakers, and and. Uh, I mean, you got to boil it down to Philly. Clippers, Lakers, and Philly. I think you got to boil it down to. Uh, Philly, and then purple and gold. I think he's – there's reports of I, – I, I also could just see LeBron recruiting. I think that's what he's trying to do, get one of those guys to come. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to give you a good answer here. I just – if the max is the max. Maybe he doesn't want to pay the California taxes. <laughs> Stays out on the East Coast. Philly's got a soda tax, bro. Philly does – I mean, yeah. He's got some talent there. With Embiid, and I still think they their coach needs to figure out a way they can try and play together. Um, so no, I don't mean to give you like a boring answer, but I feel like a lot of this first kind of hinges on Durant's decision, and then once Durant's decision, yeah, no, falls, I mean I agree. Unless he just says, unless he really likes Philly, and then it doesn't matter. But so with with all this, because Kawhi's the last one. Is Kawhi who? Before we get into Kawhi, who is the domino that's going to? You know, can you see a guy who's going to hold everything else up? It's probably going to be Kawhi and KD. I mean, one or the other. Probably KD first. Uh, Kawhi. Just who because- is who? Not to cut you off, because I, I mean, yeah, they're the, the top two prizes. So if they hold their feet in the sand, then yeah, they're going to hold everything. Who's a bigger prize? Kevin Durant is thirty, coming off a torn Achilles. We're assuming. Kawhi Leonard is only 27. It's Kawhi, who I think you can make an argument now. Obviously, KD was probably had that title. As KD best, was averaging 34 points a game in the playoffs. Having the best player in the world on title. 52% shooting. Before he got hurt, you could argue now that, you know, I, I think Kawhi is going to close out Golden State at some point, whether it's six or seven. I, I, I just don't think he's going to lose. Um, I think he's probably going to take the title as the best player in the world. I think LeBron didn't play in the playoffs, and he can maybe get that back. But Kawhi's here, and if he gets it done, best player in the series, arguably. Um, Kawhi Leonard is younger than everybody else. Him and Kyrie are 27. All these other free agents. I mean, he's the ones that Matt Kristaps is restricted. He is younger than all of them. Yeah. He's and young. didn't play two years ago. Was on a game and minutes restriction this, this year, year in the regular season. I mean, I think – let's say Durant didn't get hurt. Is he a bigger prize even though he's three years older? No. I think KD was peak of his powers. He was – I think mentally had figured it out more than I just mentally he seemed like he was more confident in everything he was doing than even the past couple of years. Um, 
So no, I'm still going to go KD on that one. So if he didn't get hurt, KD would be the the crown. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, I mean, it's tough to argue. The three extra year, because I mean, theoretically, I mean, we now know that he is hurt. So I mean, but Kawhi is this next team that gets Kawhi, since he is choosing, potentially gets this dude for his prime. Yeah, I mean, he's entering peak. His years, prime. 27 to 31, 30. I mean, yeah, he's entering his prime now. So you so. could have this dude for his four to six prime years and two to four post-prime years. Whereas KD, I mean, you might not get him the first year at all. And then what will he be at 32 years old? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to. Not saying it's a safe bet, but he's probably still going to be one of the top five to ten players in the league. Probably one error on ten. I mean, it's just it's no. I mean, I think for the first time this week we got Knicks think they can secure a meeting with Kawhi, and that's wild. I would have been here for a Kawhi KD team team up. Um, I mean, I'd still be here for if Kawhi goes to New York. That'd be I think that'd be awesome. That'd be so perfect, and he would fit so like he's just. Nose down, it's just he's a dog. One silent assassin. I love that. As a new member of the Knicks bandwagon, <laughs> that dude, I, I rock. I'll rock with that dude any day of the week. That dude, he's cold. I was, I was high on him this past summer when you uh, definitely were. I was like, this dude's really good, and if you can trade for him, you probably should. When it was like, oh, should the Lakers give up all the young assets for Kawhi? Yeah, you give up all your young assets for that dude right now because he's on the verge of winning a title and he's maybe the best player in the world now. So, um, no, I'm excited. This summer's going to be sick. Where do, you, where do you think he goes? Clippers. I think Clippers. I think the Clippers have been – I think they've had the fast track on them um, majority of the year, and that's what joins like, him. reporters uh, – I don't know if anybody – I mean – I don't think you need it. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if there's another big one that goes there. Here's my worry. If I'm a Clippers, you just watched a, a gritty Boston Celtics team make a nice run. They added a very hurt. I think Gordon Hayward will be better next year if, we, if we go by the Paul George model. Same. But you, you added Kyrie Irving. Not that that's the same, but it's pretty damn close to Kawhi. I don't know if I'm that conf. I mean, you know what I'm getting at? I just I like I would be weary of running it back and just thinking that oh, this dude's you know the missing piece. We're gonna win the West now. Yeah, no, I, I do mean, think look, you, you got to build the roster. He's elite. Do they have anybody else who even sniffs elite? I mean, I don't know what type of trade package they could put together for AD. If you're the Clippers, that might be an option. Um, I don't, I don't know how that would line up though. With, I think the, I think the Lakers have. So what I'm hearing now is they're exploring. They think their best haul is a multi-team trade. Yeah, great. Which could play into the clip. I haven't even thought about this, but just you know, having a conversation, thinking of. You know, if it's if, they, if it's not going to be through free agency, I don't even know. Do they have two slots? Is it just one? But um, a multi-team trade, I think, favors a team like the Clippers. It could. 
But uh, more so than the Lakers. I mean, it could fight favor. If it's just the one team, the, you have to think the Lakers have the best po- possible haul, right? Yeah, no. I, I mean, mean, I. But when you bring in multiple teams, anything. I mean, everything's thrown out the window. No. Because if it, if what I'm coming at is the Lakers have the most leverage if they just purely want to straight up one team, one team. But if you bring in, in multiple teams, and from what I read, they're looking for like an elite player, a young potential superstar, and then like a couple picks. And depending on how good the player is, they're looking for that. It could be like, less. You also need to realize that. Um, you may not get that elite player because, again, you want to get. That's their back. point. Is you it's, want to get it's, something? It's back. on a fluctuating scale where if they get better picks, slash a better young players, for instance, Jason Tatum versus Kevin Knox. I'm, that's just the two that come to my mind. Then they're willing. They would take less on the veteran player. Yeah. No. And now, if you're some of these teams who are like on the verge, if you're like a Portland. Or if you're you're a team that has two all stars and you're missing a piece, and you just saw what the Raptors did with Kawhi, why wouldn't you sell out and try and go for one year? And I think also with the fact that the Warriors are now on the verge of being beaten, and it's just you know I, I think the foregone conclusion that, that was going to be the team at the end of the year, whether it was this year, or next year. Like, that's not the case anymore. I feel like some of these teams who maybe didn't think about doing a deal with the with the, the Pelicans now have to think about putting their hat in the race and seeing if they can get them, even if it's for a one-year rental to go and make a run. So I am 100% in agreement with you. Because the thing that it does, if you're a Portland, I think you can still go to the playoffs every year if you trade, you know, you trade away pieces for one-year AD. Yeah. Because you're not, if you're Portland, you're not keeping that dude. It is so hard to win a title. So hard. It's very, very hard. And Toronto's really the only one who's been ballsy enough to do something like this. Where, but you look at the rest, like, I don't, I mean, they definitely gave something up, but like, in reality, they weren't going to win a title with DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, they could have potentially won the East with him. I'll say uh, potentially just simply because Siakam has been phenomenal, right? So, I mean, I don't know if they saw that coming. But even if Kawhi leaves, Toronto's going to – I think they'd still be on the same track that they were, and they got to go to an NBA Finals, and they were up 3-1. So, no, yeah. I think you're 100% right that some of these other teams – who are fringe. Portland's definitely, you know, an obvious choice for that because they'd be able to pair him up with two dudes who would space the the heck out of the floor for him. So, so you think Kawhi clips what last, and last you think one. Last one. you think KD to the Knicks, do they get anything else? No. May I mean they have space. I'm trying to think of who else is out there. I'm off the top of my head here. If it's not Kawhi, if it's not Kyrie, if it's not Clay, the only one left here that I'm staring at 
where I would Chris even Middleton? think about it is Jimmy Butler or or Chris Middleton. Do you to be fair waste to the Knicks, a max slot on that? I, I I don't think you do, especially if uh, Chris Middleton or Jimmy Butler for that matter. But Chris Carter, who has seemed to have an inside track and just intel on Kawhi, I think he's got some connections there, said that he's going to get a meeting with New York. So, I mean... What's that, the connection? I don't think they're going to tell us on live TV, but I think they just... I think he's... <laughs> I think he spoke... I think he knows Uncle Dennis. <laughs> so, I could see that, too. So, no, I mean, that would be... I'm not even going to get excited about that because that's just... Would that put you That would the be edge? silly. I actually think best case for them, now that he is hurt, is if that is where he wants to go, for once, they still have draft picks. They have draft picks next year. They have Mavs. So, like, for them, don't use that other max slot. Save it for next year free agency. We could pull up the class. We don't have to. You draft R.J. Barrett or whoever you think, you know, if you do get an absurd deal where you trade back and you know, if that's not your guy guy, I think it should be just based off potential. I mean, top three big, you got to draft potential. Yeah. You're probably going to suck again because KD's not going to play that much. You can get another young guy. Again, I mean, not that like KD wants to play with a bunch of young guys, but if you have KD, a max guy next year, and then all these young guys who have played together – I mean, you see with LeBron, like, KD could be good until he's 35. He'll be 32 two years from now. That's not, like, it's not that that's bad. not dusty Especially for a guy who can play off of the ball and doesn't take that much shoot. of a beating. Yeah, absolutely. So. Are we done? Wow, dude. We're going on an hour and a half. If you're the Knicks, do you take Barrett? Yeah, take Barrett. Uh, I think so. I think he's built for it. I think he's going to be better in the NBA. I think it's going to translate better for him. We know he can play. He can pass. Um, he's only 18 years old. He's like he's, he's such. He's so young. Um, Do you feel bad for Zion? No, nah, I mean like, is it a waste? Not really. Well, I mean, I don't feel bad for him. He's going to play. Basketball, you know what I'm saying? NBA. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just because they just had seven years of a dude who was the best prospect since him, and they weren't able to do much with it. Now they do have David Griffin running the show, who is respected, and um, I think he actually is going to be able to put a plan in action. So that that's a little bit better. I guess um, it's to be seen what yeah, they'll get back is. for AD. We're, and, we're and assuming he's not going to play with Anthony. And again, Davis. I think David Griffin is is big. Like uh, just getting that guy in there, a basketball guy in there who knows what's going on, he knows the league, he's got connections, and letting him run basketball operations. So, and I like the idea. I like Drew Holiday. He's a really good player, and I can see that working out. Um, Does Zion play there for over four years? It's I, I don't I don't know. I have to I don't have a crystal ball. Maybe. We have to see him get him in uniform first. You don't have a crystal ball for Toronto winning in game I know, six, I just, so you have no problem answering that question. That's not the same thing. We have no so we have no precedent for what Zion's going to do. I've seen five games of Toronto versus Golden State. I mean, maybe. Maybe he does. I don't know. You're a hack. That's, I, don't, I don't like that question. We have no it's idea. It's just a fart in the wind end. Okay. I'd say no. There you go. I'd, I'd say no. No one's ever done that. What? 
not sign the the extension. I guess the first extension that you can sign is like the biggest difference between staying and leaving. Which is wild. We'll see. But his shoe deal makes that a little bit easier. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do okay off the court. Um, thank you for listening to this. This was a long one. We went over covered a lot of ground. First podcast in a while. We may even do like a little instead of a pod after the finals is over, do a quick wrap up show on Facebook or something like that. Give us a follow on on the twitter.com at Jimmy T10. Still rocking the uh, the old school at username. Um, I'm at Ian Sork, and then you can follow us, and we are on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes. We're streaming this on Anchor. Give us a follow on there. Give us some feedback, and uh, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Until next time, we will talk to you soon.